Thank you for joining us. Just as God created the earth, he created heaven. We already know how majestic the earth is because God allowed us to see it. Even with all of its problems, because of sin, the breathtaking beauty of earth is undeniable. In our finite minds, we cannot imagine the splendor of heaven, even though we know it exists. As Pastor Rander speaks to us today on the magnificence of heaven, have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to record what awaits the children of God when we get there. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching the gospel. We pray, Father, that you would just have your way in the word and help us to be focused and attuned to what the Spirit of God has to say. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Turn with us to, to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 9 and 10. Revelation, chapter 21, verses 9 and 10. And you'll find these words in the scripture. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach on the subject of heaven. Won't y'all say heaven? Say that word. Amen. If you know Jesus Christ, you're going there. So we need to know uh, something about our future home. And I know there are a lot of thoughts about heaven and there are some erroneous sayings and thinking as it relates to heaven. Heaven is not some little fairy tale or some little light at the end of the tunnel and all these kinds of things. There's no place like heaven. If you really want to know what heaven's all about, you need to read the book of Revelation. And don't be afraid of the book of Revelation. It's our blessed hope, and we don't have to look at Ouija balls and boards and all these things. The Bible tells us how human history will be wrapped up. So with the subject of heaven, we also need to address uh, hell as well, because hell is as real as heaven and you're either going to, going to one place or the other. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. So with that being said, what happens to those who die without Christ? What happens to those who die without Christ? Well, they go straight to hell and will be forever absent from the presence of Christ. To be tormented forever with no hope or reprieve or pardon. They go straight to hell. Those who know not Christ, those who say, I don't want Christ, don't bring that stuff to me. I'm an agnostic, I'm an atheist, I don't want nothing about the Bible, I don't believe in church, I don't want to hear a preacher, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. If you go to hell, my friend, you go there by choice. For those who know not Christ, they go straight to hell and will be forever absent from the presence of Christ or to be tormented forever with no hope of reprieve or pardon. With that being said, what do those who go to hell experience? Now, you don't just go to hell. You're going to have some horrible, horrific experiences should you miss heaven and go to hell. So what is hell like? Well, the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, verses 22b through 25 says... The rich man also died and was buried. 
to, to get to hell, you, you, you got to die. There's nobody that, that, that die and, and go to hell and come back. No, once you go to hell, you don't come back here. Once you're in hell, you're in hell until the great white throne judgment, which will ultimately be cast into the lake of fire. So, so uh, if you're going to go to heaven, you got to die. If you're going to hell, you got to die. Uh, you get to hell by rejecting Jesus Christ and then dying without Christ. And you take that last breath and instantly you are in hell. In Luke 16, it says the rich man also died. He died. He didn't die because he was rich. Uh, you got some poor folk going to hell. You got some rich folk going to heaven. You got some rich folk going to heaven. And you got some poor folk going to hell. It's not based on ec- socioeconomic status. It is going to heaven is based on your relationship with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you know not the Savior, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to take away your sins, who died on the cross, if you fail to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone for salvation, then should you die in that state, you will go to hell. The rich man also died and was buried and being in torments. Now, we're going to count the word torments in this text. That's the first word, torments. That's, that's one torment, right? In Hades... He lifted up his eyes and saw, by the way, you're able to see in, in hell. As a matter of fact, you say you can't have see and you got stigmatism and all that. Guess what? You're going to have 20-20 vision in hell and you're going to bust, you'll bust hell wide open and you'll see real clearly forever the horrific experience in hell. Won't need glasses. Won't need, you won't need to get your eyes fixed. You'll see like you never saw before. Abraham before and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, there's emotion in hell. He cried. He's screaming. There's, in hell, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's torment. There's pain. There's anguish. He cried. Why was he crying out? Because of so much pain and agony. And said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Even the man's tongue was aflame, burning and never be being consumed. Agony, the tongue on fire, every part of your being on fire, uninterrupted flames. He says, I'm, in other words, I want some relief. But guess what? No relief. He says, for I am, the other word again, there is again, number two, tormented in this flame. Nothing cool about hell. Hell is as hot as it can get. As a matter of fact, no fire on earth can compare to the fires of hell. As a matter of fact, it's an unquenchable fire that cannot be put out. You're given a body fit for judgment that will burn but never be consumed. How long? Forever and ever without Christ. That's why I preach so hard because I don't want to see anybody go to hell. It is just that horrible. And the worst thing you can tell somebody is to go to hell. Never tell a person that. So he says, cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 25, but Abraham said, son, underline that, remember, in hell you'll be able to recall. 
Recall what? Every opportunity that you had to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Every preacher that preached Jesus to you. Every Sunday school teacher. Every vacation Bible school teacher. Every person that witnessed to you on your job or wherever you are. And you said, no, not now, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And you tomorrowed yourself right into hell. He says, son, remember. In other words, if you have dementia, Alzheimer's, lapse in memory, you will have perfect memory in hell. And you will remember every opportunity you had to receive Christ, but you put him off and you procrastinated. Remember in your lifetime. What lifetime? The lifetime while you were on earth. For us now, right now, you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. Evil things. And be it known to you today, if you are in Christ, you will have evil things happen to you. People will hurt you. People will or do things to, to break your heart. There will be evil things. Lazarus had evil things happen to him. That's the way of life. But now he is confident and you are. That's the third time you see that word. What? Tormented. So we see torments, tormented, tormented three times. What, what does it mean to be tormented? To be tormented is to experience indescribable, perpetual, which means unending, physical and mental and emotional pain of suffering, anguish, misery, distress, and trauma. How long? Forever. How long is forever? Forever. No end. No jail breaks. No plea bargains. No escape. To be tormented is to, be, is to experience indescribable, perpetual, physical, and mental uh, emotional pain, suffering, anguish, misery, distress, and trauma forever. All right. You said, well, preacher, you just scared the hell out of me. Well, that's a pretty good thing. We want you not to go to hell. It is just that bad. And why go to hell when you can go to heaven and be with Jesus? How many of y'all want to go to heaven now? Let me see your hands if you want to go to heaven. Well, first of all, I want to say I don't want to bust your bubble, but everybody's talking about heaven ain't going there. You can come to church and still go to hell. Matter of fact, I call that going uh, to hell the hard way because you don't have to come to church to go to hell. If you go to hell, just go straight. Don't, don't, don't come to church and go to hell. I mean, you come to church, your heart ought to be, your heart ought to be fixed. Your mind ought to be made up to serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. So I pose another question. How do you get to heaven? Real question. Well, Number one, barring the rapture, you have to die to get there. So to get to hell, you have to die. And to get to heaven, you have to what? Die. You have to die. Luke 16, 22a says, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, carried on up to, to heaven. Uh, the beggar died. He died and went to heaven. You cannot get to heaven in your flesh and blood body as you have here because your body uh, as it is now cannot uh, withstand the glory of heaven, the Chicana glory of God himself. Number two, to die in Christ is to go immediately into his presence in heaven, into the Lord's presence in heaven. To die in Christ is to go immediately. All right. So if you know Christ, you, you breathe your last breath. Instantly, you open your eyes in heaven. Or if you don't know Christ, breathe your last breath, 
instantly you open your eyes up in hell. 2 Corinthians 5 eight says, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To be present with the Lord. You put, bring a casket in, we've seen many caskets, baby-sized caskets, teenage caskets, old, uh, caskets of the elderly, and, and people die. And uh, you can kiss the body, you can stroke the body, you can put flowers on the body, but there is no response. Why? Because nobody's home. The essence of the reality of that person, that soul spirit has vacated. And that's why you say bring in the body, bring in the body because the soul spirit has departed. Death is the separation of the soul spirit from the body. And so you can weep on it. And sometimes people overdo it and they get all in the casket. And, and a lot of times they're doing all that because that's guilt. They didn't do all they should have done when the person was living. But nobody's at home, so you might as well stop slobbing all over them. They're not going to respond. If they, and if they rose up and say what you want, you should be shocked anyway. <laughs> Luke chapter 23, verse 23 says, And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, say today, today. say today, today, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is another word for what? Heaven. Heaven today, the thief on the cross looked at Jesus and saw him as the Savior. And he said, Father, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me and Jesus stopped dying and looked at that thief on the cross who could do nothing for our Lord. And he opened the doors of the church and said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Not tomorrow, not the next, next year, but this day. Now, let's look at verse 9 of Revelation 21. Verse 9 says, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bows filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. In verse nine, one of the seven angels who participated in the seven bows judgment when the wrath of God was poured upon the earth during the great tribulation came and talked with John to show him the bride, the lamb's wife. In the presence of God are angels who stand ready at any moment to be used by God to perform any given assignment from God. Angels, they speak words of judgment. They come and they perform acts of judgment or they come and they deliver people out of trouble as seen in Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. You see their deliverance are given good news by by Gabriel uh, telling Mary that she's going to be with child without a man. The new Jerusalem is the future home of the bride of Christ where the redeemed are forever united to God through the lamb, Jesus Christ. Revelation 19, 7 says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending down out of heaven from God. John is carried away by the angel in the spirit to a great and high mountain and is shown in a vision the great city, the holy Jerusalem. The holy Jerusalem is called the bride, the lamb's wife, because it is the future home of the redeemed, the church of the living God. Who will be in heaven? 
That's a real question we need to pose. Who will be in heaven? Number one, only those who are in Christ will go to heaven to live forever with him. Only those who are in Christ. My friends, you're either in Christ or you're out. You either know him or you don't. You either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You either sheep or you're goat. You either saint or you ain't. My friends, only those who are in Christ will go to heaven to live forever with him. John 8:24 says, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins for if you do not believe that I am he, he who believe that I am God. Jesus is more than a prophet. He's more than a good teacher. He's God all by himself. Unless you believe that I am God, you will die in your sins. You must believe that Jesus Christ is God all by himself. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name can one be saved. We can't be saved by your name, can't be saved by my name, can't be saved by Muhammad's name. Uh, Harry Krishna, any other name. Only Jesus saves to the utmost. Amen. Acts 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. Now, there are not many ways to God. You know, it, 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 then if there were many ways to God, then that would negate the work of Christ on the cross. Why would, Je- hold it just for a moment, y'all. Just, why would Jesus die on the cross for your sins and my sins and the sins of the world and then turn around and give people many ways to get into the kingdom? Is that a valid question? My friends, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Who will be in heaven? Number two, those who surrender their lives to the Lord and seek him first. Those who surrender their lives to the Lord and seek him first. Absolutely nothing should take priority over our Lord and our God. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus first in your life? Or are you first? Is it your children? Is it your wife? Is it, you say, listen, Jesus should be at first place. You say, above my wife? Yes. Without Jesus, you wouldn't have a wife. Without Jesus, you wouldn't have children or grandchildren. If my job is first. Well, let me tell you something. Without Jesus, you wouldn't have breath or energy to work that job. He should be first. As a matter of fact, when you get saved, when you get born again, uh, the first agenda of the day is getting you out of God's way. If, any, if anyone desires to follow Christ, you must first deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. Absolutely nothing should take priority over our Lord and our God. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You trust God, you believe God, God will take care of the necessary things that you need in your life. As a matter of fact, he'll not allow you to lack any good thing. He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. Who will be in heaven thirdly? Those who obey and keep the commandments of God. Those who obey and keep the commandments of God. Revelation chapter 22 verse 14 says, Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. The only one getting through the celestial gates into heaven are those who keep the commandments of God. My friends, are you keeping the commandments of God? Are you doing what this book say do? If this book say don't do it, then you what? You don't do it. This book say, speak right, you speak right. 
The book say behave yourself, have good conduct. You what? Have good conduct. Book say don't steal, don't steal. Don't kill, don't kill. Don't play around, don't play around. You see what I'm saying? You do with the book. Only those who abide by this book, believe this book, those will enter through the gates of the city in heaven. Fourthly, who's going to heaven? Those who keep their eyes fixed on Jesus and believe his promises will endure and not lose heart. Those who keep their eyes, what? Fixed on Jesus and believe his promises will endure and not lose heart. In Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility. Say hostility. Have you ever had hostility against you on the job by your boss or by another member of the church or uh, in your family or wherever? You said you just don't understand what I'm going through, but Jesus understand because he went through far worse than you could ever go through. Consider him, the Lord Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Every time you feel like you can't make it, it's getting too hard, think about Jesus who suffered so much that you would have the right to eternal life, my friend. Number five, who's going to heaven? Those who refuse to settle for cheap worldly substitutes. Those who refuse to settle for cheap worldly substitutes. We must not get so comfortable loving the passing pleasures of this world, but rather hold on to those things which, are, which have lasting eternal value. There are people who just love their stuff to the point that that rules and reigns in their lives and all the things that you can acquire in this world are mere cheap substitutes. You get iPhone 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, cheap substitutes. You got screens, big screen TVs, 10 inch, 20 inch, 40 inch. Now people got 200 inch TVs. All you walk in a room and you just see nothing but TV. The TV is bigger than the room. You know, you, the clothes, the, the fashions, the designs, the golf, the fishing, the sports, the football. I told the first service earlier this morning, there was a time I was a football fanatic. I would watch on New Year's Day, you know how they have all those bowl games. When I was a teenager in early 20s, I would watch all those games at lunchtime. I would, I would go eat some chitlins and some collard greens and black eyed peas for good luck and all that kind of stuff and watch the game while I eat and burp real good. But now if I see a game, it's fine. If I don't see a game, it doesn't matter to me. And uh, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. Why? Because only Jesus really matters. Now, if it, is it wrong to see a game? No, 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 no. No, no. It's not wrong to play cards or dominoes. It's not wrong to have fun. Jesus is not some big kill joy in the sky that's trying to make your life miserable. You say, anyway, why does Jesus put boundaries in my life? Why does he say, don't do this, don't do that? You know why he does that? He does, because you're his child. Don't you put that, that beautiful little baby in that purple there. When that baby gets up sometimes, you're you already putting some perimeters around her. She touched something that's, that stove too hot. You tell her not to touch it. She keep trying to touch it. She cry. Why? You, you, you trying to safeguard her from getting burned. So these perimeters are loving and kind in order to 
preserve our lives so that we would have a better quality of life to the glory of God. Without rules and regulations and guidelines and commandments, we would destroy ourselves. There have to be perimeters in our lives to the glory of God. Why don't you say amen? Oh, my friends, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? Is it on, is, are you building up treasures in heaven? Are you hoarding everything for yourself to, to the detriment of not having things, treasures in heaven. 1 John 2, 17 says, and the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. My friends, what makes heaven so fulfilling is that never again will anyone desire worldly pleasures and earthly possessions because they all will have passed away and we will be totally satisfied living in the presence and glory of God. You, you won't be in heaven and say, oh, I missed the game. You won't be in heaven and say, oh, no more Sears, no more Dillards, no more Papa Do's or Basies. No, 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 no. Being in the presence of God will bring sheer delight. It will be sheer, sheer, sheer joy to be in the presence of God. The scripture says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Being with God will be everything. You'll be gazing at the glory, and and, and there's no time up there. It's timeless up there. We only deal with time, space, continuum right here on earth, but heaven's no time. But just imagine, if you've been there 10,000 years, so to speak, that's nothing. And being around Jesus will be everything. Who's going to heaven? Only those who live holy before a holy God will inherit the kingdom of God. God is real. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the indwelling Holy Spirit becomes alive in us. And as indescribably good as that is, the best is yet to come. In heaven, God himself will live among his children. No more problems, no more pain, no more preparing for the worst, because the worst will no longer exist, nor will we remember that it ever did. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Palmverse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.